0: hey chicago fire fans and welcome back to feed the fire a chicago fire podcast i'm your host nick and i have always said When you get a win, you celebrate, and Fire fans certainly have been celebrating their U.S. Open Cup victory over Austin. Now, we're quickly going to touch on on that match, and then we're going to take most of our time to look at their next MLS match, their next league match against New England. Tough road trip here. And then we're also going to talk about another coaching rumor and... Some news about Mauricio Pineda, but let's get into the show. First of all, wonderful two nothing victory over Austin FC. I was at church, I had church services that night, but I was praying, prayers were heard, miracles were happening, you know, heavens were opening, trumpets were sounding, and angels were apparently in Q2 Stadium on the Fire's bench as they get that two nothing victory. Goals by Chihos and Shabilko because, you know, of course, you're going to have your center back and your out-of-favor striker be the ones that carry the team to offensive victory, right? Great play. Everything that I have gone back and watched, highlights, recaps, everything that I have been reading about this game has just said that it was Shakiri's best match of the season, if not his best match, in a Chicago Fire uniform and that is very very encouraging fans and that's why i'm calling this episode rekindled because i think that match rekindled a lot of fans faith in the swiss international and in the chicago fire being able to make a legitimate u.s open cup run and not just say oh we beat Chicago House, or oh, you know, we really didn't care too much to put out a a, a decent lineup against Union Omaha like they did last season. Uh, but they're actually going for it, and obviously they're all feeding off of those U.S. Open Cup vibes from interim manager Frank Lopez, who won a couple of them, I believe, with the Chicago Fire. So as much praise as we're going to heap on that and celebrate it, go for it, Fire fans! I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan, but let's, for the purposes of this podcast, let's look forward now to the New England Revolution this Saturday, the 27th here, right? The Revs are the Chicago Fire's old rival from the 2000s, and I really hope that both of these teams can, can be good at the same time again and maybe rekindle, there's that word again, a little bit more of the of the rivalry between these two fantastic clubs here, right? So let's take a look at the New England Revolution here, right? They are currently sitting in third place in the Eastern Conference on 24 points. And by comparison, the Fire are 14th place in the East on 15 points. So there's definitely a disparity in the results there, but We do need to point out here, New England also has a game in hand. They've had 13 games played and the fire, excuse me, they've also have 13 games played. So comparing these two teams, they've both played 13, um, but half of the conference has played 14 games. So these teams both kind of have a game in hand. If you want to look at it in that sense, right? And what's interesting then is only nine points is separating fourth. I'm sorry, third place from 14th place so there's still a lot of season left to separate i think you really are starting to see the separation uh, at least in talent and results if not directly in points uh but hey if you want to be a glass half full kind of chicago fire fan then only let's take a quick look back how many points are separating you from the playoffs uh charlotte is sitting in that ninth spot on 18 points and so if the fire win that one game in hand they have on half the conference, they will be there right there in, in the mix of the last playoff spot. Anyway, I guess that tells you just how crummy the state of the Eastern conference is. If the Chicago Fire are a win away from making the making the playoffs as of right now, I digress. We're looking at the revs game here, right? What really stands out about this revolution team as far as their form? They're unbeaten at home. They have four wins and two draws in their six home matches. Now, they are coming off of a two-game losing streak, uh, the most recently at Philly, a 3-0 tough loss there. But, again, they get to go back home. They don't have U.S. Open Cup to deal with anymore. They were knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup a few weeks back. So, the Chicago, so they're at home, recovering after a tough loss, and the Chicago Fire have to come in on a short week due to U.S. Open Cup. So, yeah, you kind of see where this is going, right? Back to the revolution here. Let's just take a look at a few things they do particularly well. I went over to the website fbref.com, looked up Major League Soccer, kind of filtered for the results, highlighted the revolution, and here's where they kind of stood out. Offensively, they are sixth in the league for expected goals and eighth in the league for goals scored. So they're finding the back of the net. They are third in progressive carries. Now what's progressive carries? That's dribbling the ball, uh 10 yards towards your opponent's goal. So they uh and I think there are some other things that they do that measure dribbles, whether it's a uh pass and get it right back and dribble or something like that. But generally speaking, you're you're advancing the ball on the dribble 10 yards towards your opposing goal. So uh they they're running the ball forward. They are probably getting guys out on the wings. They are having uh, heel in the middle there just dribbling forward and attacking defenders too. So you got to keep that in mind that that's how they're going to like to play is dribble straight at you. Also, they have the highest shot on target percentage in the league, meaning that of their shots versus shots on target, their shots on target they put their shots on target more often than any other team in the league. So the fire defense are going to have to really be on these attacking players for the revs because when they turn and shoot, they're are very often putting it on frame. Now looking at some of what they do well defensively, uh, their goalkeeper is fifth in saves, fourth in save percentage, and they're tied for fourth with five clean sheets on the season. I think it's five. So we all know Petrovich phenomenal goalkeeper, great shot stopper. And there's, a lot of analysts, uh, analysts, analysts analyzing Petrovich, and who are saying that he's probably going to get snatched up by a top club in Europe uh, within the next year or so because of how well he's been playing. Also, defensively, they have the least number of yellow cards in the league and the least amount of fouls committed in MLS. So they play, uh, they play good defense and they play it cleanly. So this could be a tough challenge for the Chicago Fire to break down the New England Revolution. Now, these stats and the eye test kind of suggest that the Revs are a solid defensive team, a, a good overall MLS team, and they like to play with some possession and, and play from the midfield, right? And I think that's where this team has been built around, and that is how Bruce Arena likes to play. Solid defense, attack from the midfield, right? Looking at their lineup, they typically roll out a 4-2-3-1, and they've done so in the last three League matches. They've got Petrovich in goal. Uh, Their defensive backline over those last three games has been Brandon By, Farrell, Romney, and Jones. Their defensive mids uh, Latif Blessing and Matt Polster. Uh, Their attacking mids Noel Buck, the young Buck, to use the trite phrase. Um, Yes, the young player who is up and coming in the league. um, Carl Hill. And Boa Tang are your attacking midfielders, though they have used Buck as a defensive mid depending on roster situation. And Bobby Wood, the former USMNT and uh, German domestic uh, striker, uh, German league striker—sorry, Bundesliga striker—not German national team. Uh, Bobby Wood's gotten the start up top for the last three games for the Revs. They do have Rione on the bench. They do have Josie on the bench. If if Wood is starting to to feel maybe some of the the age and the miles on his legs um, so you could see a change in top but regardless all three uh, are dangerous yeah make your Josie Altador jokes I definitely have made those many many times in the past especially when I was over on Sons of a Pitch talking uh, with Mike about TFC and Josie Uh but yeah Rione is definitely dangerous I would expect to see him be the first option outside of Bobby Wood um, Gustavo Boo has been out with a leg injury, so I don't know what his status will be for this uh, game on Saturday. Make sure that you are out checking those lineups or checking uh, whatever websites are covering your teams and at trainings to make sure that uh, you, you can see who's up to date. They've had a number of injuries the last couple weeks, New England, but no bigger than Gustavo Boo. All right, players to watch. Obviously, the the starters that we named right but why should we be watching these guys carls hill has three goals Brioni, would also with three goals. They're the top scorers on the team. Dylan Barrero and Gustavo Bu have two goals apiece, and then there's a handful of guys with a single goal. So there's no one single player that is the go-to goal scorer here. New England is spreading the wealth, so to say. They have a lot of guys who can find the back of the net and who are finding the back of the net, and any one of them can beat you on a given night. So the Chicago Fire defense is going to have to play this one tight. And as we've talked about in the past, transition defense is not their forte, and there is a very small margin of error for the Chicago fire defense. This, this could, this is a tough matchup for the fire here. Additionally, looking at Carl's Hill, he has 26 key passes. Now that statistic statistic gives you credit in case your striker messes up the shot. A key pass is a pass leading to a shot, right? It would be an assist if the, uh, player you pass to scores a goal. So you're you're identifying players who are creating some chances here. And Carlos Hill's got 26 by far the most on the team. And I believe he's still at fourth in the league as far as key passes go. Um, He also is the top assist man on the team. Um, And there are a handful of guys who have you know one, two other assists as well. So they do like to work the ball around. They play as a team Uh, They create opportunities for each other. And like I said, when they do find a shot, it usually goes on net. So a tough, tough matchup for the Chicago Fire defense here. And we'll see if they're up for it. You know, Chihos banged up a little bit the last couple weeks, though, you know, when he's scoring goals and and assisting, I guess he's going to find the energy, right? We'll see what Tehran's status is, as well as if Burks is going to rotate in, if Olmsberg is going to rotate in, and how the Chicago Fire defense is going to want to play it. All right, let's take a look at some trivia odds and we'll make our prediction here before we get into the second half of the show talking news about the fire. Little trivia here. New England is unbeaten in eight straight against the fire, though five of those, including the last three, are draws. Uh, the eight match run is the longest unbeaten streak by either team in MLS play in the history of the series between the two teams. And these these trivias from MLSsoccer.com. Um Also, some New England trivia here, when they lost to Philadelphia last week, the Union's second goal against New England was on a penalty conceded by Andrew Farrell. The 12th penalty he's conceded in his career, the 7th he's conceded since 2021, since that season started, which is 3 more than any other player in that time. Um, this, this, this could be Chris Mueller's opportunity to have a referee believe that he's being pulled down and, and earning a penalty. So if Mueller has a matchup against Farrell, watch for that one. And last bit of trivia here, the Revs have lost three straight in all competitions after a run of one loss in their previous 14 games dating back to last October. Now over those 17 matches, New England has conceded 10 goals in the first four losses and eight goals in the other 13 matches. So when they lose, they're giving up goals. But they haven't been losing all that much. I guess those those are your main takeaways, right? Good defense and can hit you on the counter, can hit you with some possession up the middle. All right, let's look at the odds here. According to BetMGM, as of this evening, May 25th, New England is at minus 115. So they are definitely favorites in this. And we always know there's always a little bit of a bump to the home team here. But the draw to tie is at plus 270, and the fire to win is also at plus 270. So the odds makers are saying Chicago is as likely to win this game as they are to tie this game. But New England is the favorite here, not a huge favorite, um, given the odds. Again, you'll have to bet $115 on New England to make 100 in, in this scenario. Um, Nothing that the fire couldn't overcome, but I just don't think they have it in them tonight or that night, and it's going to be a 2-1 revs victory. My prediction, right? These odds aren't so crazy. This isn't like an LAFC playing FC Cincinnati two seasons ago, and it was like LAFC is plus 500, something ridiculous like that. But still, these these are odds that are very favorable to New England. I think they get the win. I think it's a 2-1 victory. As I mentioned, Chicago's played in U.S. Open Cup. He'll be more focused on that tournament try to rotate some guys. Also, I was reading, I forget from which source, Shakiri, this is Shakiri's longest stretch of playing like 80, 85 plus minutes in a match. I think it's up to five now, maybe four. And this is since 2018. He hasn't had a four or five match run of 80, 85 plus minutes in almost five years. So, he might be due for something to sideline him. Hopefully not. It's so a knock on wood here, guys. But something to keep in the back of your head. Additionally, the fire are bad on the road. New England's unbeaten at home, even despite coming off their last two road losses. Um, but that should only fire them up a little bit more, pardon the pun, to come out and smash the Chicago Fire. So we will see how that game goes, but I think it falls in New England's favor, 2-1. to one. All right, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, and I want to remind you all that Feed the Fire is brought to you by Skira Icelandic Spring Water. Icelandic for clear, Skira water comes from a spring in a government-protected nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, pun intended, it's one of the best. And you can find Skira Icelandic water at your local 7-Eleven, pick up a bottle or four when you're getting ready for the game, when you're getting ready for your tailgate, when you got to hydrate after your tailgate, or just pick it up for some hydration over the summer months. Um, and I'll tell you, when I went to Iceland last fall, the water there, you it's noticeably different. Like filtered through all that volcanic soil, it gets all the minerals out. They even had a sign in my hotel that said, you can drink the tap water, Essentially, their tap water is better than any bottled water we would buy here, except for Skira. Go out, pick yourself up a bottle or several. Now, looking at some coaching rumors here, some fire news. There was a, a, a quick little blip that said Greg Berhalter was in Chicago to meet with Joe Mansueto, and he might be in the consideration, might be in the running for the next Chicago Fire head coach job. Now, I'd be okay with this hire. I think it's better than Ezra and members of better than Ezra and probably the vast majority of the fire coaches. Now we all know the love, hate relationship of Greg Burhalter and USMNT fans, but let's run down the list of Chicago fire coaches since 98, since their expansion season. Think about how these coaches were in their career when they were hired versus where Burhalter is. So Bob Bradley was the inaugural coach for 98. Now, didn't have a huge pedigree. He, he had coached some in soccer or in college. He had coached the Metro stars previously, I believe, and then ends up having a great run with the Chicago fire that propels him onto bigger and better things. So Bob Bradley, probably the best coach in Chicago fire history as of now, I'm fairly confident in saying that. Um, and probably the best one to hire at the time had the best track record at the time of hire. They also had Dave Sarakin as their next coach, then Juan Carlos Osorio, Denny Hamlet, Carlos de los Cobos, Frank Klopas, when he was actually hired to be the manager, Frank Yallop, then Brian Bliss was the interim after Yallop's dismissal, Velko Paunovic, Rafa Wiki, Frank Klopas interim part one after Wiki, Ezra Hendrickson, and now Frank Klopas interim part two. So if you want to look at all those guys coaching chops, so to say, their resumes going into the job, Bradley is definitely the top. Burhalter might be second. And again, I haven't researched too much a lot of these guys coaching histories because that would take me days. Um, but, you know, I, I think it would be a safe bet to say that Greg Burhalter as we sit here May 25th, 2023, at the time of hiring, probably would be a better hire than at least half of that list. Um, so there's potential here. Now, most of that potential with Burhalter and he here's, here's the lawyer coming in, here's the negative Chicago Fire fan coming in. Most of that would be due to his USMNT success and his experience on the international level. Now, we know that he wanted to play a lot of his MLS club principles he developed with the Columbus Crew with the USMNT, and sometimes it worked, a lot of the time it didn't, but he was known for performing better than the talent he had on his roster, which might just be what the Chicago Fire need because of how the roster has been built the last few years. But again, why there's appeal to Greg Berhalter, there's that, that he usually outperforms his talent and his USMNT success, because here is his Columbus crew record. He was the coach of the crew from November of 2013 to December of 2018. And in those 193 games, he only had a winning percentage of 38, 38.34 winning percentage in his time with the Columbus crew. Now this is according to Wikipedia. So make of that what you will 74 wins, 49 draws and 70 losses. His Goal differential over that period of time, plus five. So he was like right about even throughout, right? Equal number of wins and losses, and the remainder draws there. That would be an improvement for the Chicago Fire, to be blunt. But is he going to be the one that's going to get the Chicago Fire back competing for trophies, especially if somehow Frank Lopez can get the Fire competing for the Open Cup this year? That's going to be the tough question, and, and is that what the Fire want? Do they want someone who's going to come in and make this team compete for trophies, or do they want that kind of transition coach? Let's have a guy like Burhalter who knows the league, who can kind of outcoach his talent, and who will be a stabilizing force and is generally a liked guy in his locker rooms and around soccer circles. Obviously, fans excluded from that, USMNT fans excluded from that. Uh, and then let's have him coach for two, three years while we while we rebuild, and then we'll bring in the guy who we think is going to help us win championships, win trophies. I don't know which direction the fire going to go, and we probably won't be 100% sure on what direction they're going to go until the end of the season. Uh, as they've said, Klobos is going to take care of this for the end of the season, and hopefully Mansueto can get some of his sporting and technical director positions in line and get rid of heights and Pelzer. All right, the last bit of fire news before we wrap here. The fire have signed current defender, midfielder, defensive mid, Mauricio Pineda to a new contract. Well-deserved. Congrats to Pineda. I have liked him since they signed him as a homegrown. And back in 2021, I thought he was poised for like defender of the year kind of breakout. Uh, 2021-2022, but, you know, that didn't happen. He was named, like, the defensive player of the team back in 2020 and is the only fire homegrown, uh, or only fire rookie, I should say, to start, like, every game eligible or something like that. He, He has been a solid force for the Chicago Fire, a positive influence in the locker room, and especially on the pitch. The guy can play just about anywhere on the defensive half of the field, uh, other than goalkeeper, but I think he'd be up for the challenge. That would be fun to see, right? Um, but he has now been rewarded with that, uh, with a contract through 2026 and the club option for 2027. He's currently only 25 years old, so the so the club could have control over him until he is uh, 27 years old, and then they could, you know, extend him again for another couple years, depending on how he's playing, or move him. Honestly, I think there are some other MLS teams who might be desperate for some defending over the next couple of years that the fire might be able to, especially with rising allocation money and the rising cost of internal transfers in the league. They could really make some good money off of a deal with Pineda. Within the league, I still think his best value is with the Chicago Fire, either starting as your central defensive midfielder when Jimenez moves on, or being a spot starter, fill-in, do-anything-off-the-bench kind of guy. So this is this is phenomenal. By the way, I think he's completely underpaid. If you want to go back to the MLS Players Association releasing the salaries, um, and we talked about that a little bit a couple episodes ago where he kind of falls within the hierarchy of Chicago Fire paychecks, horribly underpaid. I hope this contract takes care of that. We'll have to see what the MLSPA uh, numbers are for next season. Um, now, originally signed with the Fire as a homegrown back in January of 2020. Here's what's cool. He's dependable. Over his first three full seasons, he's played 23, 29, and 27 games each season. So he's dependable. What's interesting is you go to the website fbref.com. They give you a player comparison. So here's how Mauricio Pineda statistically, generally speaking, compares to similar players in, other, in, in their respective leagues, right? So think if, if we had a Mauricio Pineda doing what he does in MLS, what would a guy who could do... That relative to their league look like in the Premier League. Well, here you go. He's comparable statistically to Declan Rice of West Ham, to Rodri of Manchester City, Lisandro Martinez of Manchester United. He's also statistically similar over the last 365 days to Frankie de Jong, who's playing for Barcelona. And Jeremy Frimpong, who's playing for Leverkusen. Again, this is according to fbref.com. And if Mauricio Pineda is doing it in MLS, these are the guys who are doing it statistically similarly in their respective leagues. So Pineda seems to be in, in decent company and is a very, very solid major league soccer player. And I love to be watching him in a fire jersey for years to come. Now, from around the league, just a reminder, U.S. Open Cup is back in a couple weeks as the Fire host Houston Dynamo on Tuesday, June 6th. Houston beat Minnesota 4-0 to advance to the quarters. And I, really, I think the Fire are going to put all their eggs in the U.S. Open Cup basket, especially at this point. And here we are, back to eggs and potatoes again. I'm going to have to stop using that phrase when talking about the Chicago Fire, eggs in a basket, eggs and potatoes, yeah. Well, that's it. That's all I wanted to let you guys know. I'm going to keep this one a relatively shorter episode. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skiwa Icelandic Spring Water. Tune in next week for our recap, and you'll hear from our featured guest, John Donovan. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and go head over to Glasshouse Soccer on YouTube and social media. Subscribe and follow along. And with that, thanks, Fire fans. Enjoy the matches this weekend. Let's go, Fire.